0: Our time just by praying, even before we read the scripture, just to pray. Um, you know, I don't know if you feel it. I, I've engaged um, quite another number of people over this past week and um, certainly seen enough on the news uh, or social media more than I desire to see. Uh, and it's just, uh, there's, a, there's a darkness, right? There's a, there's a difficulty. Um, there's a cloud, a fog, a um, fog. Um, I felt it. Maybe you felt it. Um, even trying to go back to school, something that's normally so exciting is so weird and uncertain. Um, and so we need to pray. Uh, it's, a, it's a world issue, it's a country issue, um, but it's a spiritual issue as well, and particularly for us as the people of God. So we're going to pray for us, for our city. Um, Couple other things. One, we're going to pray uh, this this, thing, this uh, COVID thing. We have a many of us have a good friend in here. Uh, his sister's in the room with us here. But uh, Josh Imke, uh, a friend of ours, young guy, played baseball a little bit after me at South Alabama. But his uh, is battling is battling uh, really for his life um, in the hospital with this uh, with this virus. Uh, you know people, right? You know family. We saw Mac and, and, and Shauna's uh, mom struggling with it. And so we need to pray. We need to pray for people. Um, we, we need to pray for our, uh, our schools. I know it's, it's old news to so some of y'all started school two or three weeks ago, but public schools are still haven't started. Other schools are starting. Uh, med students are starting or whatever you're doing online, uh, trying to get back in the rhythm. Teachers are trying to figure it out. Uh, I know there's quite a few... In the room, I see kids. I know there's a number of teachers. Uh, we need to pray. Um, it's a heavy... We got hurricanes coming, apparently, right? Tropical, tropical depressions, whatever they may be. Uh, let's pray. Jesus, uh, there is so much uncertainty, um, fear, anxiety. It's palatable, Lord. It's, it's uh It's real. Um, if we don't feel it at some level, we're probably in denial. It's a difficult world. It's a, it's, a, it's a mess. We pray for those that are struggling with this illness. We pray for healing. We pray for recovery. We pray for our brother Josh. We pray for the workers there at UAB. We pray for his body to be restored, for him to fight the virus give doctors wisdom, we pray for a full and quick recovery for his wife Anna and their three small kids, we pray for his health, we pray for others that are struggling, we pray for those that are struggling with the implications of this in isolation, uh, in depression, in loneliness, Uh, those that might be prone to pull away anyway are struggling more and more and more Uh, and, and sometimes we forget. Help us to see, help us to remember, help us to reach out, we pray. Lord, we pray uh, for our teachers, I know there are so many in this room, we pray for them, we pray for safety for them, we pray for the good work that they're doing to educate our children, to keep them safe, uh, to pass on knowledge, to pass on really who you are as they engage Pray for students, we pray for them to be in environments where they can learn, where they can they can focus. Um, we pray for their health and safety, we pray to keep them. We pray for our church, Lord, we pray that we would not lose the vision amongst all the challenges that we are called in, chosen by God as His your people for a purpose to be sent out, to be on mission, to be uh, those that... Per- Proclaim the goodness of the gospel to the world. May we not lose that. May you keep that before us. May you help us to see it. We pray now, Lord, that you would work in our hearts through your word. You've promised to do so. You've given it for that very purpose. Encourage those that need to be encouraged. uh, Challenge, convict where you need to convict. Um, But Do your good work by your spirit in all of our hearts. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry to do it to you, but would you stand one more time while we read, read this passage? This is God's Word. We're making our way through 1 John. This a very simple yet extremely challenging letter John has given. We're going to read verse 7 through 14. Hear the word of the Lord. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. By this we know that we that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. This is the word of the lord. You may be seated. Um, love. It's a hard. Uh, it's a hard passage. It's all about love. I, I saw a list this week of like. I think it was the top 150 songs uh, last 50, 50 years or so. So many of them about love. See, see if you know. if I could play this game with Michael Knapp and he would get all of them. You've lost that love and feeling, right? The Righteous Brothers. That's the way love goes. Uh, little Janet right there. I just called Ashton to say I love you. Stevie Wonder. The, the top, top songs. Uh, what's Love Got to Do with It? Crazy little thing called love. I can't stop loving you, Ray Charles. I will always love you, Whitney Houston. Gotta love some Whitney. How deep is your love? Boys to men. Lo- oh, no, I won't read that one. You can know that song. Um, love. It's everywhere. Love, 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 love. Every movie. Uh, movies, uh, even um, the Marvel action movie, right, there's got to be a love story, poetry, um, it's love. It, interesting, c- culturally, uh, sociologists say, you know, a hundred years ago, love was sort of defined kind of on the popular level as commitment, as fidelity, as uh, uh, being faithful. It's, it's action, I'm there with you, and um, somewhere in the 20th century, Uh, The the term was used before then, but began popular, falling in love. This idea that uh, love is more of uh, a sense of feeling or an experience or an emotion. Somewhere in the latter half of the 20th century, um, the term uh, making love became popular. It transitioned from originally used in the 1800s for uh, flirting or uh, maybe holding hands or kissing like early connection to relationship is that the way we use it today no certainly not in the centralization sexualization of our culture uh, if we say making love we know we're talking about uh, love has evolved and so uh, love is in the air and yeah we don't really know what's love what is love it's varied its nuanced. what comes to your mind we think of love think of Josh and Rania on stage during the worship practice Uh, Loving on each other, right? Infatuation. I remember Katie and I were dating. We may have been engaged, and uh, I I literally had like a couple hour break, and I drove three hours to see her, and I think I had like an hour or an hour and a half to see her, and then I turned back around and drove back, right? Crazy love, right? It's like, now I'm like, oh, the gas money, and you know, the (laughs) opportunity cost. I could have, you know, studied, like, right? But you do, is that love? Um, or, you know, uh, you know, we, you got the baby. I, I see Celeste here. You, got, you have the baby and you, you touch its face and you're like, man, just in love, right? Infatuated. Is that love? Um, or the old couple on the beach, you know, holding hands, been married 60 years or whatever. Like, wow. It's love. Or, or maybe love is, uh, you know, it can be hard. It can be uh, holding your grandma's hand or your your parents hand while they, they they move from this life to the next right and you think man I love I love her um love John uses it uh, in noun or verb form over fifty times in this brief letter fifty times you read it how many times do we hear it in this text love 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 we got it yeah we can't do it <laughs> it's so hard. To do love is powerful. It's something we all long to do. Um, But John's contention is that we've been shaped so much more by the world and how we think of love um, than we have by the word, than we have by the Lord. So we're going to talk about love. Let's talk about it. Uh, Easy to say, hard to do. The first thing we see is the command. It's pretty simple. Verse 7 and 11 say basically the same thing. Beloved, let us love one another. Verse um, 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. It's commanded. It's straightforward. It's the thing you teach your kids, right? The earliest Sunday school lesson is about loving others. Love your neighbor. Love God. Here John puts it in the, the moral imperative category. We ought, we should love. We don't like that today, right? We don't like to... I'm forced to love, but John says it that way. We ought to love. Um, it's not a request to do something that's natural or easy. It's pretty natural to love that little baby, or your spouse right in the honeymoon. Uh, it's a little harder to love, as it says, one another. To love, it's commanded. Why does John put it here? I think one of the reasons is John knows the heart. John is a lover. Right? He's the disciple whom Jesus loved. He's called the Apostle of Love. John writes about love a lot. You know? Um, and last week, if you remember, he gave us these very clear instructions that there are false spirits in the world pulling us aside, and we're to test them. He basically told us that we're to be critical. We're to be on guard. We're to be ready. We're to test what's being told. Is it consistent with the word, right? And John's actually now seems like he's afraid that we're going to take his advice. But take it maybe too far. Commentator Robert Yarborough says this. He has said, uh, we need critical discernment in the church, but it's risky. Even those on the right side of an issue theologically may, seem, may seek to rectify wrongs in harsh Loveless, thoughtless, or prideful ways. John said, be critical, but we can easily become a critical spirit and we forsake loving. Isn't that true? We can be both right and wrong at the same moment. We can speak truth, but without love, right? Jesus came with grace and truth I think John brings the command to love right on the heels of the command to evaluate, to discern. It's important because in verse 8, anyone who does not love does not know God. you see how high the stakes are? Lovelessness is equated to godlessness. To not love is to put yourself outside of the people of God, outside of the faith, according to John and it's not love in general. Like, you know, this is what we talked a little. It's easy to say, like, I love uh, all, the, all the brothers and sisters in Christ in Africa, right? That's, I mean, we do that, right? I love the missionaries in Asia. Um, uh, but do I love you and you and you and you? Do I love the people in front of me? Do it says to love one another. All the examples I gave of loving our spouse or our children or our parents, they're familial, right? That's what the Bible says. We're the family of God, we're one body, right? I I love my knee so much, I had knee surgery, so fix it, right? (laughs) We're called to love one another in those terms. It's hard to do. Um, To do that, forgiveness is going to have to be a part of it. Um, The command to love involves commitment. I mean, uh, forgiveness, excuse me. um, I love the quote. Henry Nouwen says this. Forgiveness is the name of love practiced among people who love poorly. Do you hear that? Forgiveness is the name of love practiced among people who love poorly. Are you a forgiving person Um, Our our history says we love poorly. So we've got to forgive. That's the command. The command is to love. Um, Let's look at the source. Let's look at the source. Verse 7. For love is from God. Whoever Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. We're commanded to love because we belong to God and God is love. He is the source. It originates in Him. It would be wrong to say that love is God. That would put love as the supreme thing as though we saw, if we see love somewhere, it's uh, the divine, as if to be worshiped, to be held up. No. God is much more than love but God is love central, fundamental, foundational to his character is love it's a part of his being so much so that if we are to say that we know God and love is so foundational to who he is then love should be produced in us We're with something so loving, love should become part of our nature because we know him 2 Corinthians 3.8 Paul says, and we all with unveiled face behold the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So you become what you behold. We behold His glory, we become glorious. We behold the loving one, the one who is loved, that we become loving. He is the source. He is the source It's contagious. So, if we don't love, we say, do we know the source of love? Has it impacted us? Notice what's not the source. Verse 10. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he's loved us. Um, You know, we can't look at, you know, if, uh, if an alien, you know, from outer space, I don't know where else aliens come from. But if an alien, the outer space alien, came and observed us, um, he, uh, they wouldn't be able to put a full picture of love together. There'd be gaps. They wouldn't be able to tell the true story of love. Not that we have loved God. It didn't originate in us. I tell this every couple I I, I marry at the wedding. I say, um, "Look at your spouse, and now know that your spouse is going to fail you tremendously." Normally, the parents get a little frustrated with that. They're going to fail you. They're not the source. They can't complete it. They don't have enough. They can't make it happen. Our love is not that pure. We, we, we can imitate God and we can love others, but it always falls short. Scripture says outside of Christ we are actually enemies of God. But even inside of Christ, even as believers and we begin to have a new heart and we begin to demonstrate something of love, we're, we're a mixed bag, right? We love our, our spouse. We love one another, but we love our comfort more sometimes. We love control and we love power. We love. Prestige, we love self more. Um, the modern idea is—you uh, know—I see it every time I pick up my daughter from cheerleading uh, little practice. You know, they—they they come out. It's like every T-shirt's like, "Be true to yourself, just love yourself, dance power." You know, it's like something and like find the girl within. You know, kind of stuff. And uh, in, in, in one sense, we could probably say, like, there's probably a way to say that that's biblically faithful. Like, redeemed in Jesus, the renewed heart, you can live fully to what God's made you to be, right? With your, all your gifts in the full capacity. Like, it's hard to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> but that's not what most people are saying when they wear the t-shirt, right? That's not what most marketers are saying. Most marketers are saying, look inside you, that's called source, Look inside you, dig deep, find the spot to find the true you. And from the true you, you'll be able to flourish and have life and goodness and love. But that's not what John says. It's not that we've loved. It's not that we got it. It's not that it's originated with us. It's that he is the source. It's but that he loved us. Love comes from him. Y'all knew that, right? Um, command, called to love, source God's love. How, does, how do we see his love? How is his love displayed? If you were halfway awake, you heard it because he said it three times. Verse 9, verse 10, verse 14. God sent his son into the world. Verse 9. Love was manifest. God sent His Son into the world. Verse 10. In this is love. Not that we love, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse 14. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. We got it, John. What is love? How do we define it? How do we see it? What do we need to know to have a picture of it? It's that God sent His Son, Jesus, into the world to be the Savior, to be our propitiation, we'll talk about that, to save us from our sin. It's like basic Christian theology, but it's amazing. Does it amaze you? Is it like, eh, no, it's like 101, let's talk about something more detailed John does deep doctrine, then he comes back to love. He does doctrine, he comes back to love. He does doctrine, he comes back to love. He seems to know we have this problem with understanding how to love each other. Those of you that are parents, could you imagine putting your 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 child into harm's, harm's way? Can you imagine that? I mean, we we have like bottle warmers to get the milk like just the right temperature. We don't want to, you know, we have video monitors. We didn't have that with our older kids. Now we have a video monitor, right? And uh, we can see literally him every single second of the day. And his car seat is like, you know, so padded, looks like nasty. It's like foam everywhere, insulated. We do everything we can to protect these little people and care for them. And we should. So we call it love. Yet God, who is love, Demonstrates his love by sending his son to the world. A manger, a couple years fleeced to Egypt for his life. Grows up, carpenter, blue collar, right? Rebuked, mistreated, mocked, beaten, crucified. For God so loved the world. He gave his only son. Our text says his only son. Some say one and only son. It's trying to say this is a special, not only is it his child, it's his only son. Unique in the world and God gave him up. God's doing what he said he would do. In verse uh, chapter 3, 18 he says this, John tells us, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Isn't that what Christians, we get criticized about? We're hypocrites. We preach one thing, we do something different, right? That's true, really, it's true of everyone. Our lives, our our words, and our life are never congruent. Um, That's the process of Christian growth. We call it sanctification. It's where what we say and how we live actually begin to match. But God said that. Don't just do it in words, believers, live it out. That's what He's done. He spoke, talked of love, and then he sent his son to show us love. It was never like, she's a good good person, but she's just having a tough time. He's a good guy, but he's just gotten wrapped up in some bad things. There was never any inconsistency in his character. He loved, his character matches his actions. They will always match him. How do you know who God is by what he's done? They're consistent. He's demonstrated His love for us. Then how do we measure the, the depth of His love? It's by examining the recipients of love. I imagine Josh, I pick on you since I already have, would say, I would die for my spouse, right? Newly married. We would say we would die if you're married for your spouse or for your kids. Maybe you're good friends. Maybe one another, even though you don't know each other that well. You hear people in in military, you know, in, in the foxhole. You know, i take a bullet for you, brother. You know, I'm in there. I'm in the fight. Fraser read a part of it earlier. Romans 5. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one would scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one might dare to die. We might die for a good person or someone we loved, but Christ demonstrates his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Nobody does that. Fairy tales don't tell that story, history doesn't tell that story. Uh, people don't die for their enemies, they die for their, their loved ones. They sacrifice, um, they don't die for those that hate them. Ephesians says, We were enemies. And yet God died for us. What does that love look like? Verse 10 says He, he sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. We, we talked about that word a lot in chapter 2, what that means. Um, but basically it means that he, he came to die to take the wrath of God, propitiate, to, to absorb God's wrath. Remember, expiate is to, to take sin away from camp. Propitiate is to absorb God's wrath, the holiness of God, God's love, but not just love. He's holy and just. So what do you do? You're a loving God. Your love is so great that you absorb your wrath and justice so that sinners, enemies, can become friends, can become families. The wrath of God, it's it's in the language of substitution to atone, to in our place die. dies for us. love that song, The Love of God. Could we, could we with ink the ocean fill and where the skies of parchment made, where every stalk and earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry? Or could the scroll contain the whole those stretched from sky to sky. Where's the end of God's love? There is none. I, I hope with all the language and the talking, you come away with just this overwhelming sense of the love of God. It's the picture we read, Run to the Father. I hadn't, hadn't played that before, but the picture of the of the prodigal son coming home. And uh, he's he's, you know, he's... He's heading home and he's got his speech prepared and he's just gonna rationalize and justify and he'll fall on the sword. I, I I don't deserve to be, and the father sees him, right? You know. And he he just he hikes up his long gown and he does something so shameful in that time, and he runs to him. And then he, you know, this image of he he kisses him and he he embraces him. We're having a party! Get the calf, right? Get the ring. He's home. It's the picture. Don't get lost in theological language. Propitiation just means his love is so overwhelming. He's taken all the wrath that is ours and he's, a, he's absorbed it so we could have bread and wine in our place. Let's finish here. Um, Commanded us, sources, the the love of God. He demonstrates us in the most uh, miraculous way. The final thing, what's the goal? Uh, We said He came as a propitiation for our sins, but that's really the means. That that was the way. That was the instrument. Means to the end. What's the end? The aim, verse 9. Twofold, the aim. In this... The love of God has been made manifest among us. That God sent his only son into the world so that, for the purpose of, that we might live through him. The father sent the son to die that you might have life. The implication is you were dead. What were you like before Christ? Do you know? I'm not saying your life's been easy becoming a believer, but you were dead spiritually. We didn't have vitality, right? For me, it was like the moral checklist, right? And then something happened, and I became alive. The Spirit brought life. It says that in verse 13. He he abides in us. We were dead in our trespasses and came alive. God heard the cries of His people. His suffering for our joy. Uh, I have a Mentor, one of the most godly people I know is a pastor in saint louis and he uh it, this happened right before we knew him but he uh he was on death death deathbed um he uh had some kind of liver uh, disease liver cancer uh when they found out it was progressed and uh he was given months even weeks to live and he was on the list to get a transplant um and they didn't think think he was going to make it. And then someone in Iowa got in a car wreck. And his wife got a call. And uh, we, we got a liver. And they, boom, however that works, too many medical people to try to talk about it. The liver got there, came in, uh, boom, he survived. He's Ten years later, his kids are in college, he's pastoring faithfully. Uh, someone died... Um, in Iowa so then in St. Louis uh, he would live um, what's the difference between that and what Christ did is that uh, Christ uh, purposed it was, it was his goal for our life via through his death it, it was a consequence the guy in Iowa my friend's gone there and met the family it's been a great story um But he wasn't driving that day thinking, uh, I'm going to give a a liver to a guy in St. Louis. But God, in his goodness and his love, purposed the death of his son so that you and I might have life. That we might live. And in this passage, uh, all about love, to live in its fullest sense and it's sort of God-enabled sense, is to love. To live is to love in the God sense, because we know Him, therefore we reflect Him. Ephesians 5 says this, Be imitators of God, beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself for us. He gave Himself for us in love so that we would be lovers. Imitators. First goal is that we would have life. Which means love. Second goal, verse 14, last, last thought. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son. Um, yeah, we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. We, have see, we see and we testify. Uh, the language of testify, I don't know where Frazier went. Frazier is, there he is. Good attorney. We testify, this is the, the language of a deposition. If you've ever had the unfortunate privilege of being deposed and you stand before a, uh, an attorney and they ask you questions, I swear the truth, the whole truth, right? And then you testify to what you've seen. I've seen it. I know it. This is what happened and now I'm going to tell you. And it can be upheld in a court of law. It is the truth. It is fact. Take it to the judge. The goal that we would testify, we would see it, we would know the love of God for ourselves and our own hearts and minds and that we would testify, we would tell. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I was lost, but, but now I'm found, you know. John Newton, I, I, I was blind. Uh, I was a slave owner, <laughs> but now, now I see. I, I don't know, I see. It's, it's real. It, it shifts from... Um, Uh, I have to share my faith, or I've got to do evangelism, get it right. So we've seen, so let's just testify. This is the truth. I was dead in sin and trespasses. But I'm alive. And I am perfectly, but I know something of the love and the goodness of God. Um... Man, there isn't anything more in the world we need right now than a biblical understanding of love. All right? I mean, everything's polarized. Every article there's a counter-article, and conspiracy theory, and everything's political. Everybody's against everybody. Everybody's critiquing. Um, what would it be to love? What would it be for us to say, like, we're alive, and let's testify we still have an evaluation. We still have discernment. We talked about that last week, right? We don't check that at the door, right? We're thoughtful Christians, um, but we're lovers. We're lovers. God loved us, so we love the world. It, it will indefin- indefinitely involve forgiveness. Let's love. Let's pray. Jesus, uh, you give us words like this that read really easily, uh, but they're so hard to do. Would you help us to love as you've loved? You're the source, it comes from you, we can't do it. Um, it's been demonstrated, you, you, you are uh, the example, there is none greater, um, and it's So we would have life. It's so we could be here. And it's so we can testify. Jesus, may we do that. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.